0: Welcome to the Fissionaries Podcast, sponsored by Alchemy. I'm your host, Jim Roos. The Fissionaries Podcast shines a light on financial institutions at the cutting edge of digital transformation, providing you with the tips and tricks to elevate your digital game no matter what size your organization is. While modest in size, NIMEO Federal Credit Union out of Maryland continues to be recognized regionally and nationwide as the best credit union to work for and best-of-the-best best credit unions within their marketplace. According to the credit union, much of this success can be attributed to its commitment to its staff and continued commitment to provide members with a superior experience across all delivery channels. In our conversation with senior executives from Nimeo, we shed light on the mosaic of decisions, innovations, and leadership moments that have led Nimeo to continue to be a leader in the marketplace. From humble beginnings in 1933, NIMEO Federal Credit Union has grown to a community charter in both Frederick and Montgomery County, Maryland, serving over 23,000 members. With a continued commitment to serving its members and being recognized as a best place to work, NIMEO continues to outperform other much larger finance institutions in its markets. So before we begin, one thing I noticed right away, it's amazing the number of combined years of credit union experience we have on today's Visionary podcast, and the number of years each of our guests have had at NIMEO. So could each of you provide a short background on your current role, as well as your past experience? We'll start with you, Vicki.
1: Um, sure. I'm the president and CEO of NIMEO. I've been in that role for a little over 12, going on 13 years now. Prior to that, I was with the same credit union. It was called Comstar at the time and had been there as their vice president of finance, did a short stint in business development. Prior to that, I was at several other credit unions, and my career spans a little over 33 years in credit unions.
0: That's great. Uh, Greg, why don't we go to you next? Uh, Yes,
2: I'm Greg Bowman, chief technology officer at Nimeo. I started in credit unions in 1999 with Comstar. I was here for about six years or so until I left for about a decade, 2005 to 2015. I was with another credit union, and then I came back in 2015
0: and have been here ever since. And Dawn, last but not least.
3: I'm our director of digital services. I started in the credit union world at Comstar, um, basically freshly out of high school as a teller. Um, So I've been here almost 19 years now and kind of just worked my way through the branch roles and then into our back office and now manage all of our digital and payment services.
0: That's exciting that each of you have taken on different roles through your careers. I, I mean, I myself started as a teller and management trainee at a financial institution over 40 years ago. I'll just keep it like that until it gets over 50, but a long time ago. But it's interesting how... Your past actually forms your current as far as things you remember, ways you used to interact with the people in the positions you're in today. And, it, and it, it's quite exciting to have so much experience on this call today. So Vicki, let me start with you. As, as president and CEO of NIMEO, how has your organization's vision evolved over the years, especially in the ways you make your credit union a better place for employees, as well as a better organization for your members? It's evolved
1: a lot over the past, I'd say since I became CEO, we started a bigger focus on the employee. Obviously, our focus is on our members, right? But in order to be able to serve our members, our employees have to be happy and satisfied and really want to provide that level of service that the board of directors was looking for and their vision for the credit union, as well as my vision for the credit union. So it's evolved a lot. Um, it's, it's taken a lot of training and time invested year in and year out to continue to keep that level of dedication, I guess, towards member service going. Um, but also letting the employees know that we're dedicated to them and constantly wanting to do better every year, give them better benefits, better reasons to come to work, really give them that vision, make sure they understand what that is so that they are happy to be part of that vision.
0: That's interesting because that's why you've been recognized year after year after year as one of the top organizations, as a place, a credit union to work. And, it, and as you mentioned, it goes farther than benefits and salary. Members and employees have to really want to come to work every day. They've got to see that you're going to be there in the future, as well as their role is going to be there. So, Vicki, I'm going to stay with you for a second. When you talk about that, in the last three years, we've gone through a lot of change, especially as it relates to employees. We've gone into a re- completely remote workplace environment. We've gotten in many organizations into a hybrid workplace environment. And individuals who work for organizations, be it them financial institutions or not, outside of that, really look and evaluate their desire to be at their place of work differently today. What is the biggest change you've seen in the last three to five years?
1: Well, we always have had a very employee-friendly workplace. We we allowed people to work from home before COVID. We Not as many as th- do today, but we, we've we allowed that over the years. We also were very flexible. Family comes first. So, if you've had, you know, you need to take the kids somewhere, you need to be off for a spouse or a parent, we've always had a very friendly workplace in that environment. But I think it's gotten even more so. So, after the pandemic, we created positions that were 100% remote. We Have most of our employees are hybrid employees, and then we have obviously some who are in the office every day. And it's more or less either the job dictated that role, or the employee said, "I want to be in the office. I don't want to work from home." If they had that option, so I think it's just remaining flexible.
0: You know, it's it's interesting. We had a person on a few weeks ago on on the Banking Transform podcast that talked about the future of work, and one of the most interesting dynamics is it really has to do with trust. The employee has to trust their employer, but more importantly, the employer has to trust the employee that they're going to continue to do their job in a way that we never thought would be the way it is today. So, Greg, as Chief Technology Officer, how do you try to reinforce what Nimio tries to represent to employees as well as how you support the increased expectations of members?
2: Vicky has done a a great job in creating this employee focused culture. And as we are looking to select new systems, as we're looking to uh, make enhancements to other systems, we're trying to include employees in that process. So if a system is touching a department, then we are trying to include that department in the selection process, looking at the different vendors, getting their feedback so that it becomes really a corporate-wide selection of a a system instead of just the executives choosing or me choosing or Don choosing. Uh, We're really trying to open that up and and support the employees so that they get a voice in the software that's being selected. When it comes to members, we're always, of course, member-focused, trying to bring those items that are enhancing or providing a better member experience uh, through new features, new functionality, in hopes that the members will see the new products that we're bringing in, helping them to provide whatever service that they may need.
0: You know, sticking with you, Greg, it's interesting because when we're talking about employees, you in a way are the boogeyman because you're the person who is doing the technology that could, in their minds, threaten their job. At the same time, The members may see you as the person that always wants to bring change and you're messing around with what I'm used to. How do you work in such a way where you aren't going to be threatening employees about that they can stay on the the journey where they are, but using new technologies? and, And just as importantly, how do you integrate the old with the new for members so they don't just get thrown off? Well,
2: sometimes it can be difficult, but essentially what we're looking to do is to improve the efficiencies and remove all of the friction that our staff have. So replacing software is usually an enhancement of some kind, uh, saving time, saving energy, allowing those employees to perform their position easier uh, so they don't look at the replacement as a problem it's more uh, assisting them in in that process and including them in the selection process also allows us to get their buy-in so it's not just a selection from us it's also coming from them as well so that really goes a long way uh, when it comes to members we're very focused on the member and trying to make sure that we are thinking from all aspects of a digital focused member and a non-digital focused member. So if it is something digital related, is there something that non-digital staff will be able to handle or perform in some way? Getting things more digital and improving online banking and going mobile and being digital focused doesn't mean removing the branches. So the members still need to be able to perform those tasks, whatever it would be in a branch if they so choose to.
0: You know, it's interesting, Greg, we've talked to some organizations, and it's really about humanizing the digital experience as opposed to um, making the digital experience a replication of what you did in a non-digital world, because that ends up just making things faster, not necessarily better. So, Don, as Director of Digital Services, what core strategies have you in digital services done that have made the most significant impact on experiences and satisfaction. You know, there's so many levels to the whole digital transformation process, and there's so many areas you can focus. But, but where has your focus been, and what strategies have had the biggest impact?
3: I would say over the last few years, probably the biggest change we've gone through is the online and mobile banking platform itself. Uh, I think, as Greg had mentioned, really a lot of it is getting... Employees involved, getting members involved, um, but trying to remove the friction points. Uh, So going through the process of moving to the Alchemy system and having allowing the cross-functionality between the desktop and mobile and having one place that staff are able to support members has really led to a better adoption of our digital environment. Previously, it was, it was very broken. It was There was a lot of friction with where employees would have to go to be able to assist a member. So just trying to streamline and remove some of the hurdles that people had to go through and then provide members with better service and then better self-service that they can go in and do whatever they need, whether they're using a desktop computer or if they're on the go and able to have the same functionality within their app has just really improved everything we can offer digitally.
0: You know, Don, that's interesting that you reference the fact that by removing the friction, you make the employee experience better, which we sometimes don't connect those. But overall, you know, I remember it was a long time ago, but the things that got me most frustrated were the things that were so clunky in banking that made my life more difficult. And we'd have, And we'd end up in many cases... Making a way to bridge between what we thought it should be and what it really was, and sometimes just making bigger problems than they were worth. And as you mentioned, from a member standpoint, you know, just the whole taking the the effort out and making it more seamless and and less friction, it's a big deal. You know, we we realize that you know almost every interaction we have on our mobile device or on the computer screen. What we realize is we really work towards saying, How are you going to make my life easier? So, you know, sticking with you, Dawn, as the digital landscape continues to evolve, what are some of the emerging trends that you're excited about? And what are you really focusing on at, at Nimio with regards to digital interactions?
3: Um, I would say, myself personally, I don't know if there's really one emerging trend that I'm focused on, Uh, I would say I think the biggest is really just staying with continuing to remove friction and allow kind of the open sources and open solutions that we can add the best-in-class services and not have separate access where people have to log in and really just continue to increase that cross-channel functionality. I know one we're looking at is like you mentioned, is humanizing the systems and adding uh, like a video chat bot within w- really within all of our systems, within our main member website portal, as well as online and mobile. But again, you know, just adding the humanization of it and then also just the, the cross functionality where no matter where they are, they're able to get the support they need and continue to go through the easiest path available.
0: So, Don, when you're working with Vicki as, as the president and CEO of NIMEO and working with others within your organization, how do you present solutions to them when, in many cases, the solutions you're offering or asking to be implemented are solutions that maybe your core provider says they offer, but they may not be the best at? How do you present and get approval for what Organizations may consider to be double investing in a technology when really you're just trying to improve the trajectory of Nimio.
3: As Greg had mentioned, I think the biggest thing is we don't make decisions on a one-on-one basis. It's we have a project committee um, that's comprised. It's, it's Vicki's included in that as well as a lot of our executive team and, and a few of our managers. Uh, if it's something we do look to go forward with, we do get other staff involved and complete demos and really have, if it is something we're already offering, kind of have that comparison and weigh the pros and cons. But I think the the biggest portion of it is trying to eliminate the friction. So even if it is something that we're offering today, if there's a new solution that takes out some of those workarounds and just makes the process easier, either internally or for members, or hopefully both. it's I think we're always willing and able to look at those new solutions and hopefully implement the best that we have the ability to do.
0: So, Vicki, over the past four years of doing podcasts and researching the trends of the banking industry even longer than that, I have found that the biggest hurdle to digital transformation is, many times, legacy leadership. That said, Leadership is also the propellant to growth and success. How do you stay in touch with what is happening in banking and to encourage your leaders under you to do the same?
1: I read a lot. Um, Greg and Don will tell you I'm constantly sending articles to them, things we should consider or look at. Always looking out, you know, next year, year after. I'm usually planning one to two years out. Um, I think just constantly working with the best in breed that we can afford. So, working with partners like Alchemy, um, they bring things to our attention. Um, They're always doing educational sessions. Dawn went to their conference this year. I may go next year. So, just being part of all of those conversations is critical. Um, And that helps me keep up reading, looking at stuff. Again, partnering, um, you know, three years ago, Mark Sievright helped us write our digital strategy. So, you know, going to those people in our industry that know our industry and where we need to go and what we need to do to get there, um, that was critical for us. That really set us off on a different digital journey the past three years, is working with Mark. And, you know, I've known him for a number of years and other just, again, partnering with these really great people in our industry that can help keep us up to date, even though we're not, you know, a huge credit union, we want to act like we are, we want to do things that, you know, we're not afraid to take chances. um, And to do things to partner with a brand new FinTech, which we've been trying to do, and it's it's taking a long time. But we understood that because they didn't have any clients, but we were willing to be like their first client. So just sometimes making those decisions and, and sticking with it, or knowing when to walk away, right? That's the other part. If if they're not getting us where we need to go.
0: So let's take a short break here and recognize this podcast, Alchemy Technologies. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast, Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Welcome back to the Fissionaries Podcast, sponsored by Alchemy Technology. You know, it's amazing as I look at what's happened in the last five years in banking, is you have so many amazing composable solutions that you can solve for places of friction. As Dawn brought up, the, the ability to actually look and say, how can we take care of this problem? Maybe it's a digital new account opening, maybe it's something on the lending side, maybe it's back office processes. And, and To be able to address that and also find partners that have multiple financial institutions as clients that can be those case studies that you need, but then to be able to deploy them at speed and scale is something that wasn't even there five years ago. And also as great, as I found, is that these organizations work really well with other organizations you're partnering with that are not themselves. You know, they they all have, have multiple relationships across the board that can make it so you can deploy without a whole lot of friction on your side. So, Vicky, staying with you, when you look at employees, a lot has happened. As I mentioned in my last question with you regarding, you know, the way that people can work. But a lot of organizations have a really big challenge getting employees today. I mean, we, we see organizations in every level of, of the world today having trouble getting employees to stay, to enjoy their work to even come on board. What's the biggest challenge you face today in getting the talent you need to be ready for the digital future?
1: We've been very fortunate. Our turnover rates are relatively low. At times, we've had 100% retention with employees. Even... The past three to four years. So we've had some turnover, but it's never been really low. We have had success, and I think it all starts with the culture. And I think making sure that people that are coming on board understand the culture. um, I meet with them, you know, day one or two and and explain to them who we are, our mission, our vision, all of the core values, what we're working on. Um, Throughout the year, I meet with them twice a year in small group forums, and we talk a lot about strategy, and culture. We just finished last week on Tuesday, we did a whole all-staff training event on empathy, how to be more empathetic toward the membership, how to be more empathetic toward each other. Um, I think that's critical. Um, I think it's really just an environment of showing the employees that we care about them, and then they, in turn, care about each other and the organization and what we're trying to accomplish. So, I'm not saying we haven't had challenges, yes, because occasionally we do, but I think it's the ongoing training of all the employees that we offer that keeps them interested. That's what they tell me um, in these small group meetings. It's not that I want to move up, I just want to keep learning. I want to keep being taught things that I don't know. I love my role but I want to keep learning. And we do promote from within. Anytime we get the opportunity, um, Dawn just promoted two employees that have been with us for a number of years into management roles, rewarding them really for their time, energy, and talents. Um, And I think that's important too. We have several people like Greg that have left and come back. They leave for a period of time and they're like, you know what? Nimi is pretty good. I think I might see if I can come back and Greg again has came back in a different role but now is our chief technology officer. So, I think it's just really listening to each employee individually and finding out really what they're looking for to keep them because that's the name of the game. Once you get a good employee, you don't want
0: them to go. Right, because filling those roles is very difficult if not impossible in some cases. You know, Greg, obviously the technology side of banking has changed immensely, especially in the recent years. And as I mentioned earlier, some of the ways to evolve and become future ready is to pick third-party solution providers that can solve for very composable solutions and and get your technology up and running quickly. How do you research and select your third-party solution providers that keep NEMEO future ready? Well, I'm fortunate that the entire company is not looking to me to choose that software.
2: Again, we have a project committee. We do it as a team. So the individual departments and executives that are using primarily a type of software that maybe is not up to standards anymore or is lagging in terms of technology, they will say, okay, we need to potentially look at replacing this software, bring it to the project committee. We will discuss that We'll make a decision as to whether that's something that we want to move forward as a as an organization. We will then reach out to various individuals that we have worked with, uh, other vendors like uh, Chris Otey at CU 2.0, uh, Mark Sievright, um, and other vendors that have multiple clients to find out what is the best in class for that software or that system that we should be replacing. And then as an organization, we will work to select the software or the system that we are then going to replace. So I'm glad that I don't have to be reading and researching most of my day. Um, I can just facilitate that through the project committee and and try to produce the best solution uh, for whatever software we're looking to replace
0: at that time. So what's on your roadmap as you look forward? What are things that you really, as you look forward, really want to solve for? We've mentioned it several times, those efficiencies.
2: We were an institution that went all in with the Fiserv bucket at one point, core, online banking, credit cards, all around. And we've been, over the past several years, Trying to get out of that and go with best in class in each component. So now that we have selected several of those vendors, we need to potentially start enhancing those back office uh, manual processes that might take a little bit longer, or some things that are just not integrating well like they uh, we expected them to. Making those efficiency changes, making those uh, reduces in friction for our staff to really hone in on the use and the abilities of the software that we have selected.
0: What's your biggest challenge you face on a day-in, day-out basis overall?
2: So it's definitely integration with systems as well as the tools that we need to perform something that we maybe we have a gap somewhere that we want to take care of. And as a credit union industry, we're unfortunately very limited in having to select a vendor that provides the tool that we need to fill that gap. With FinTechs coming out the way they have been lately, there's more and more solutions becoming available, uh, but that wasn't necessarily the case. And at the moment, maybe we don't have a solution that can fill a gap. So finding a tool that we could use to solve a problem and then trying to make sure that it integrates with our software, because we're so dependent on vendors, Those are definitely the the biggest challenges that we have.
0: So, Dawn, you've mentioned around the fact that you try to build digital services that are not only good for your members, but good for your employees, make banking easier. How do you see the whole digital service environment changing in a way that you you talk about the humanization, you talk about multiple channels that people are going to have. How do you, to Greg's point a little bit about the integration, how are you looking to make it so all these systems, all these channels, all these technologies from a digital service perspective work together? Well,
3: for my side, I'm hoping that I don't have to do too much. Um, I'm hoping that we can kind of work with some of the third parties and get those integrations where that they can they can host the systems and and they can talk with each other. And then really from our side, just be able to provide the support and be able to work with the member and and make sure that the member has the best experience. I could see the the biggest pieces is is really just getting the integrations to allow for more self service on the member side. Uh, I know some of the features I've been looking at recently kind of focus more around the cards of getting the abilities for members to do anything and everything they need to with their debit or credit card, be able to set alerts, be able to view and dispute transactions if needed, be able to push to a digital wallet and and utilize their phone wherever they are to process their card transactions. And a lot of that really just goes through. It's getting the integration with the card vendors and the online and the mobile vendors, working with Visa as well, because there's always a little part of the network that's there. Uh, So I think there's there's a lot of parties at play. So making sure that they all kind of work together. And then they mentioned with the humanization side, then adding the support feature. So it's working to get a chat bot or even technology-based, some type of AI that's able to assist members if they do run into issues or have questions. And then work to get that, if needed, enhanced to video banking, where they'll be an employee or somebody on standby that's able to click a button and, and be able to talk, assist and talk that member through any process where they might run into any type of roadblocks.
0: So Dawn, part of the employee experience is for you to like what you do every day, for you to be able to accomplish what you think is important for the marketplace. That said, we only have so much time. How do you prioritize? What gets worked on from your perspective, but also in conjunction with what NIMEO needs? I mean, I look at this, I look at digital transformation overall, and it's, it's just amazing. All different pieces of parts have to be worked on. And it's like whack-a-mole sometimes, where you're just trying to get the, the most important thing done first. But how do you prioritize
3: so, I'm a little bit excited now. As Vicki had mentioned, that I, I recently did just promote two of my employees to managers. So, I'm hoping I, with a little bit of delegation that I'll be able to have them handle um, some of the like middle tier, higher priority tasks. But really, I think it's coming from the branch side of things. My top priorities is always the member impact. So, I always view it, it really depends on the capacity of. Who is being impacted? Is it one member that's that has a one-off issue? Is it a group of, say, 100 members? Or is it a, a larger portion of our membership that w- is either being negatively impacted by something that needs to be fixed or would be able to utilize a new feature or a new program that would help streamline a lot of their processes? So I think a lot of my view goes with if it's something in place that's causing frustration and is an issue would take higher priority over something new. But really, it just depends on the, the overall impact to to the members, which then impacts the staff and impacts the credit union as a whole. If you can add a new feature that benefits a larger group of members, it's
0: really just the benefit all around is, is more impactful. You know, Vicki, you head up an organization that is challenged daily sometimes by your size, but you're also benefited from your size. You know, you're a student of the game. You made it very clear that, you know, you really love the learning process. You've also been at NIMEO for quite quite a few years. What excites you the most as you look in the future?
1: Oh, I think it's just endless. I think the possibilities for our credit union and our industry are just com- are endless. I, I know there's a lot of consolidations, but I also think our ability at our credit union to stay relevant and relevant to our members is what's going to keep us around. Um, and that's exciting. And it's exciting not to ever just stand still. And to always be looking at what's out there, what could help our members more, what could help our employees more, and just always being curious and always wanting to improve anything that we're doing at the credit union. And sometimes it takes a while and I have to be a little more patient, but, you know, I know that at the end of the day, we're going to end the year with something better than we started it with. And I think as long as we can stay relevant to our membership through adding services and products that they want and need, you know, that will help us stay around and stay competitive even at our size.
0: So Vicki, one of the, the questions we always have at the end of the podcast is to ask leaders, what recommendations would you have for other financial institutions like yourselves? And, and I, I ask it from two perspectives in your case, because you excel at both the employee side of what's going on. You've, you've won numerous awards. You can I mean, it, it's very clear when you see an organization that continues rank high, that this is part of your internal mission to say, you know what? I don't want to let go of this and, and just rest of my laurels. I, I got to up my game because for sure, employees are making you do so. But what recommendations would you have for other financial institutions in your asset range around how to make a better employee environment, but also how to improve the member experience?
1: Uh, And I think it starts with the employee. And I think my best advice would be to listen to your employees. They know what's working and they know what's not working. And there, if you can build trust, we talked about trust in the beginning, right, when we talked about remote work or hybrid work, you have to build the trust. And it doesn't come overnight. It takes years of building trust with the employees but once you gain their trust they'll tell you just about anything whether it's good or bad and i always start my meetings if you don't tell me what's wrong i can't attempt to fix it or get it fixed so let's be open and honest and i think it's just having those honest conversations when something isn't working or something isn't right i would rather my employee tell me than the member tell me so And then, again, just trusting and then rewarding them when things are going great, really celebrating those milestones as we implement new systems and things are working. But listen to your employees. And I'd say, on the other side, listen to the members, because they're the ones that are important, whether every complaint really is an opportunity to turn it into something positive or every issue is an attempt to turn it around and move in the right direction. Um, Just never lose sight of where you're going. Always have that strategy in mind and then work toward that. Um, And it's not always a smooth road. I mean, we don't have resources sometimes in dollars or people to do a lot. But with what we have, just making sure we're constantly moving forward and improving, and not ever being satisfied with where we are. It's great we've won all these awards; we celebrate that, but we don't stop at that. We want to keep going.
0: You know, all three of you, thank you so much for being on the Visionaries podcast. You know, it's interesting. There's a difference between talking the talk and walking the walk. It is very clear from your passion, your commitment, and your longevity at your organization. That things must be going pretty right. Otherwise, you wouldn't look this way. You wouldn't be this way. You wouldn't get the awards you're getting. And you wouldn't be moving forward. And I emphasize this, you know, over and over again to other financial institutions. It takes enthusiasm. It takes passion, commitment. Oh, and by the way, a little bit of smarts and luck as well. But the reality is, in just hearing Vicki, Greg, and Dawn, it's very clear they're more than just a bit committed to what they're doing they're more than just a bit committed to the member. But at the end of the day, they're probably more committed to both the other employees that surround them and themselves. Because to do so really makes it so the member is going to get the fruits of that labor. Thank you all three for being on the Visionaries podcast. Congratulations on your awards. I hope you continue to have success and and again, I I look forward to interviewing you again and seeing you at the the, uh, the alchemy events in the future. Thank you, Jim. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Visionaries podcast. We hope you enjoy our deep dive into all the tips and tricks you can use to elevate your digital game. If you enjoyed today's episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others within your organization or outside your organization. Post about it on social media or simply leave a thumbs up and a comment. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our senior producer, Leah Haslidge, and our audio and video engineer, Chris Vefalius. I'm your host, Jim Maruse. Until next time, remember, being the best is not measured in asset size but in commitment, passion, and a focus on excellence.